The Ziggler Show, timeless inspiration from Zig Ziggler that's influenced over 250 million people worldwide, inspiring true performance in your work and life today. This episode of The Ziggler Show is brought to you in part by Braintree. If you're working on a mobile app and searching for a simple payment solution, check out Braintree. With one simple integration, you can offer your customers every way to pay, period. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fees free, go to braintreepayments.com forward slash Ziggler. So are you ready to inspire your true performance? Are you ready to not just hear something interesting and inspiring, but to have your belief and desires challenged and raised to new heights? This is our goal for you in this and every Ziggler show. Today, we bring you episode 340 and a guest who, like Zig and, and of course influenced by Zig, is devoted to helping people achieve more. In this episode, we're going to cover multiple topics such as can a subtle shift in focus really make that big of a difference in your business and in your income? Our guest says absolutely yes, but we'll dig in and discuss how. And another question, is the amount of money one makes directly proportional to how many people they serve? It's not a simple answer, as you'll find out. Our guest today is Bob Berg. As an author, he sold over a million copies of his books and is best known as the co-author of The Go-Giver, a business parable that is routinely on the must-read list of world changers. The best preview for Bob and this show, I believe, is right from the Amazon introduction to the book, which I'll share in just about 15 seconds. Hey, to hear many of the core Ziegler principles of personal, relational, and vocational success, tune into the Art of Charm Podcast.com. It brings together entrepreneurs, artists, thinkers, leaders, and all around interesting people to discuss relationships, attraction, life hacking, and success. Go to the Art of Charm Podcast.com or search for it in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, folks, here is a prelude to Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver. It says this, most people just laugh when they hear that the secret to success is giving. Then again, most people are nowhere near as successful as they wish they were. The Go-Giver tells a story of an ambitious young man named Joe who yearns for success. Joe is a true go-getter, though sometimes he feels as if the harder and faster he works, the further away his goals seem to be. I know some folks resonate with that statement. It goes on to say, and so one day, desperate to land a key sale at the end of a bad quarter, he seeks advice from the enigmatic Pinder, a legendary consultant referred to by his many devotees simply as the chairman. Over the next week, Pinder introduces Joe to a series of go-givers, a restaurateur, a CEO, a financial advisor, a real estate broker, and the connector who brought them all together. Pender's friends share with Joe the five laws of stratospheric success and teach him how to open himself up to the power of giving. Joe learns that changing his focus from getting to giving, putting other people's interests first and continually adding value to their lives ultimately leads to unexpected returns. Imparted with wit and grace, the go-giver is a heartwarming and inspiring tale that brings new relevance to the old proverb, give and you shall receive. 
Now, folks, anyone who knows Zig Ziglar knows the foundational key to his life and teaching is you can have everything in life you want if you'll help enough other people get what they want. And if you're wondering who wrote this principle first, you can simply pick up the Bible, flip over to the book of Matthew, where you'll find Jesus Christ himself citing this golden rule from his uh, infamous Sermon on the Mount. But I'll tell you, folks, what made Bob's book a bestseller is the stories he integrates and repeats this principle through. You're going to resonate and connect and gain understanding of how to tangibly apply this principle like never before. Hey, before we dive in with Bob, Tom Ziegler, I want to hear how you came to know Bob and what his impact has been in your life. All right, Kevin. Hey, it was, it was a number of years ago. I read The Go-Giver and then through a mutual friend, uh, Howard Partridge, uh, we actually went out. Bob invited us to go to one of his events in Orlando. So myself and my mom and my dad were out there and uh, all the reputation that I'd heard about Bob had been true. And that was cool. Uh, I actually read The Go-Giver twice, so that'll tell you something about that book. Just absolutely love the book. And ever since then, we've kind of been each other's cheering section through social media and ideas. Uh, he's introduced me to people and vice versa. So it's it's just been really just a great relationship. And we both know enough people that uh, if we ever did something that would call into question our own integrity, we would find out. So, you know, all I've heard about Bob is just the best of the best. And so I'm, I'm proud to call him friend and I'm just excited that he's on our Ziegler show podcast. Well, and I think everybody I mentioned this to has said, oh my gosh, yeah, I read that book. And of course I did too. Uh, and it was one of the more engaging books because of the way that it's written great information. There's lots of books out there, but they're not written in that format and uh, yeah, so incredibly engaging. Well, hey, Bob, as we start off, I want you to let, let us know and let people know what is your personal Ziegler story? How did it begin and what resonated with you most in regards to the Ziegler message? Uh, well, you know, Kevin, like many people whose lives have been touched by Zig Ziegler, it, it's not a short story. So I'm going to have to really give the Reader's Digest version. And I, Tom, I so appreciate your very kind words. You've become a really a, a friend and brother to me, and I, I just appreciate you so much. When I, the first time I ever um, heard uh, Zig Ziglar speak was was probably well, it was more than thirty years ago. But I was a uh, had been a floundering salesperson. <laughs> uh, I had gone from being a broadcaster to graduating into sales, mm-hmm. being motivated, but not having the information to yeah. be successful. And uh, I read Ziff, a couple of Zig's books and listened to his audio cassette tapes. That's how oh, far yeah. that oh, is. Yeah. And then I went to a, a seminar where he spoke in uh, Oklahoma City at the Oklahoma City Civic Center uh, after people had said, if you really, really want to be a professional salesperson, you've got to attend one of Zig's seminars. And the things I heard from stage that day just resonated with me uh, oh, uh, to, in a, to an unbelievable degree. And he really, because of Zig, there, there are two things I could say. One, I was able to earn millions and millions of dollars in sales I would not have been able to earn without his guidance through his books and tapes and, and seminars. But even more important, that I was able to touch the lives of many, many, many more people in a positive way because of his teaching. 
So I owe a lot to, to Zig Ziglar. And what was so cool is when when he came to uh, to speak at one of our um, yearly events we used to have, and, and Tom and Mrs. Ziglar were on stage with him, and it was an amazing. It was kind of surreal to me to you know to to have Zig on stage, and but afterwards, what what my attendees were saying was because Tom and Mrs. Ziegler and and Zig. Uh, sat there and signed autographs and talked to people and engaged yeah. with people. And what, what everybody was coming up to me to say was that they are just as real. They are the same in person as what you hear on tape and what you said. And I knew it. I knew that was the case. But they just couldn't have been kinder and more gracious. And it just said that these are people who are the most authentic people. And now, you know, for Tom and the and, and, and the, fam- the Ziegler family to be carrying on the, the Ziegler legacy, um, and even having a you know a, a legacy team, a certified legacy trainer. I mean, this to me is one of the most fantastic things because they have found a way to take the magnificent message of Zig Ziglar and pass that along and share that and teach it to people in order that people can then take that message and keep sharing it with others. So just in a just a fantastic way to keep that legacy going. Uh, it's, uh, interesting people will, who are listening to this will hear some repetition. We not long ago interviewed Brenda Smith, uh, Fred Smith's daughter. Ah. She gave the same testimony <laughs> of seeing this guy on stage. She said, surely that can't be real. I got this, this guy is just putting on an act and then meeting him later on and realizing, no, this guy is a real deal. So to hear you say that is going to resonate with folks. Well, well, Bob, I mean, this is, this is a serious show with serious content and I hear you do a serious Zig Ziglar impersonation. And we desperately need to hear from Zig right now. And I'm wondering if you'll help us out. Well, see, so you, you, you might believe uh, that. Well, no, that, let's, do, let's do this. Oh, three, two, one. I'm going to have to take this back. All right. You see, you can have everything in life you want uh, if you'll just help enough other people and get what they uh, want. Oh, yeah. I can hear the applause. It's like an ovation right there. <laughs> All right. Tom tipped me off on that. It was well worth the price of admission right there, folks. <laughs> and, I, and I got to do that on stage in, in front of one of my great American heroes. So, you know, that was a, that was an extra thrill. That's excellent. That, that is that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I sometimes as a speaker and presenter wish that I could culminate such an incredibly authentic uh, brand in my voice as Zig did. Uh, well, Bob, so I want to get to some of your topics here. You state that, and this was intriguing to me, that a subtle shift in focus uh, can really make a big difference in your business and in your income. And I, and I thought, okay, that's easy to take at face value. But in all truth, I felt like it's somewhat contrary to so many messages that you hear today that advocate, you know, radical, big shifts, big leaps, you know, just do it, no fear. And subtlety is not usually amongst the, the more popular slogans and call outs, but you've obviously proven its merit. So I want you to fill us in on that statement. Well, you know, I think it is, a, in a sense, a, a, a subtle shift because what we really need to do is move from an I focus or me focus to an other focus, always looking for ways to provide, add, or give value to others. Now, why is this so? Well, in a free market-based economy, 
where the main characteristic of such is that no one is forced to do business with you. No one is forced to buy from you. It makes logical sense that, you know, and I'll often say this when I speak at a sales conference, uh, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not going to buy from you because you need the sale. They're not going to buy from you because you think you have the best product and that they should really have it. No, they're going to buy from you because they feel that they are going to um, be better off by doing so than by not doing so. Now, in order for that to happen, you've got to place your focus on them. You've got to ask questions to understand them. You've got to listen to understand them. What is selling? Well, selling by definition is simply discovering what somebody needs, wants, or desires and helping them to get it. So to the degree that we can shift our focus and be focused totally on them and their needs, that's the degree that we're going to have more more success. You know, this is one reason why John David Mann, my, my awesome co-author of The, the Go-Giver and really the lead storyteller, a great writer, it's why John and I often say that money is simply an echo of value. Money is an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning, which means nothing more than that the value must come first. And that's where your focus needs to be, providing value to the other person. The value comes first, and the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided, which in essence, by the way, is, is uh, Zig's most famous quote. Yeah, which I gave folks in the intro here. I mean, obviously, and I, I just so you'll know, I said, you know, who wrote that thing first? And I actually said, you know what, let's go back to the book of Matthew. I think it was Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, Golden Rule, you know, and, and we need it in today's culture desperately. So that subtle shift going from yourself to the other, which is not, as you know, most people's thought process when they think of selling because it's been abused. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I want that definition again. I wasn't quick enough to write it down. Selling is, and did you say figuring out, discerning what someone needs, wants? Say that again for us. Yeah. Well, selling is simply discovering Discovering. what the other person wants, needs, and desires and helping them to get it. Okay. That should give folks who are viewing selling a significantly different perspective and comfort that they can sell being who they are because it's just mm-hmm. caring. And that's not what we think about, but it's obviously what you, what Zig, what Tom have emulated and has given such success. Yeah, Tom. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Bob, I don't know if you and I have talked about it, but uh, I know very little Hebrew. But what I do know is that in Hebrew, there are two words for the word sales. And one is just describing a transaction. And in Hebrew, it's a very rich and alive language. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's, there's moral values just in the way words are formed and in the order of letters and, and everything. The second word for the word sale in Hebrew describes this event. It's when you look into someone's future and you anticipate a need or a want or a trouble that they could encounter and you put yourself in between them and that problem and you solve that problem before it ever comes up. Mm. And so true selling might be the most moral high calling that you can have because if you're truly selling from that right perspective, other focused, 
what you're doing is you're preventing them from experiencing pain, agony, worry, something before it happens. Yes. What a wonderful way to put it. Absolutely. It is. It is. And, and we are, with sales being, I, I feel like in today's culture, somewhat of a of a lost art, we need people to hear this because they're, they're dying for lack of knowing how to relate, how to sell, and how to influence other people positively, which so many people want to. Yeah, you talk about, Bob, ZLC, Ziggler Legacy Certification, where people so long to influence people, but if they don't have this understanding, can't sell well, they're obviously mm-hmm. significantly hamstrung. So, you know, to your book, uh, The Go-Giver, which we're going to continue to talk about, uh, which again, I, and I want folks to know the go givers coming out in an expanded edition this uh, October 2015. And you can go see it at berg.com, as in Bob Berg, B U R G. Dot com. It's coming out and expanded. Uh, I think so many people who have read this in the past, like myself, are going to want to jump just to get it because it was so profound. But in that book, so you're saying being a go giver is great. But then as we're talking about sales, you know, the other side we think of is being a go-getter and sales is about going out there and driving it home and closing the sale. And that's where people start to get uncomfortable. And you're saying, no, no, a go-giver, not a go-getter, but give some more content on what looks like a disparity between those two. Yeah, that's a great question because we're we're often asked that. Are you are you guys saying that now that you know being a go getter is a bad thing? No, we love go-getters. Why? Well, because go-getters get things done. Go-getters yeah. take action. Uh, we know, uh, and everyone listening to this podcast, we're, we're all in business. We're, 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 we're all trying to accomplish things. And we all know that you can have the greatest thoughts, the most fantastic ideas, the best of intention. But unless action is put into the mix, nothing's going to happen. It simply cannot happen. So we love go-getters. Now, the, the good news, the cool thing is that there there is no uh, there's no natural division between a go getter and a go giver. Many go getters are also go givers, and we would say that every go giver is also a go getter. The opposite of a go giver then is not a go getter. The opposite of a go giver is a go taker, and that's oh. that person who feels almost entitled, if you will, to take, take, take without adding value to the person, to the process, to the situation. And these people uh, tend to be frustrated because they rarely attain the kind of success they think they deserve. And even those those times they do, it tends to be very short-lived because it's not built on a a proper foundation. so when so you know we like to say we we like, we want people to be go getters and go givers just not go takers. I, I love that. I, go, I mean that's that makes that gives clarity to it in, in a significant way. Oh, and by the way, one of my favorite books is called The Go Getter by Peter Kine. Oh. And uh and it's a fantastic book. I I love that book. I I suggest it highly. Okay, so I'm going to need you guys' help on my scripture memory here because it, it brought me back to, you know, at first I thought you're saying be, be a giver, but be savvy, and it brought me to the scripture. What is it to be, uh, you know, cunning as a servant? I think Christ said this somewhere. You remember what I'm talking about, the uh, scripture? Gosh, yeah. it, was, it was— Well, I think there's even a, being as sly as a fox and cunning as a, as a servant. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, even from a biblical perspective, but it, but within giving, so it's not the you know Tom, not the the naive, just nice guys finish first. It's being cunning. It's being clever. It's being savvy. 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I, because of the I, I think because of the title, the Go Giver, people often think, well, you really, just, you know, you and John are really just saying nice guys, nice gals, nice people finish first, and and actually that's not what we're saying. Now, don't get me wrong, being nice is a great thing, uh, and being uh, and and being kind and, and nice and kind aren't always the same thing. Somebody can be nice to manipulate someone, but not be very kind. But let let's use them as both the same. Let's use them interchangeably. It's wonderful to be nice, wonderful to be kind, both for its own sake and also, hey, it's easier to succeed when you're a nice person. Let's face it, most people would rather do business or get to know someone who's nice rather than someone who's nasty. But that's not being nice in and of itself isn't enough to be successful. And I think I can say that with confidence only because, you know, you and I, all of us, all of us listening, we all know plenty of people who we would describe as being simply nice people who we would also have to describe as being simply broke people. So it's <laughs> right. so, you know, nice. But here's the thing. Success is a matter of doing the correct things in the success process that allows a person to be successful and finish first. Uh, the five laws that John and I provide in the book are meant to share those principles that if someone will utilize all five of them, not one, two, three, or even four, but all five of them, they will be, uh, they will be very successful. But it's, um, and being nice is a great part of it, but we like people to make sure to know that it's no, we're not just saying, oh, be nice and don't work hard and don't do the right things and everything's going to – no, that, that's not real world. That's not how it is. Uh, we, need to, we need to study. We need to learn. That's why, of course, you know, uh, and that, that's what I did when I started learning from Zig all those years ago. So, no, we need to learn what to do. We need to learn the success principles that work and, and we need to apply them. And what's great – is it you know it turns out to the degree we utilize those success principles for the good of others okay helping people get what they want that's the that's the degree it's going to come back to us and we're going to get what we want i mean it's got to be it feels like again for folks who look at i mean in any type of employment vocation business i mean the need Selling has to be done. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And we all, and this was part of a, of a show not too long ago, we are all involved in the sales process at some point because that's, that's, that's the only mechanism that gets any of us paid. It has to be sold. So whatever right. role you have. But uh, what a breath of fresh air again to go back. And I, I want to I expound on this over and over in this show that this subtle change subtle shift that you're talking about of caring has got to be a breath of fresh air for people. It's being, you get to be authentic. It's not putting on the cloak of somebody that you're not. I have to put on the salesman outfit and go be something and I need to care. But I hear, I think I hear you saying it's not about being passive though. You're still being that go-getter. You're still being absolutely uh, aggressive. And even to the point that made me think of, of course, Zig's infamous quote, if you have a product or service that can truly help someone, it is your moral obligation to sell it, but I hear you saying, but you're not shoving it down anybody's throat. Exactly. Okay. You're, you're connecting, really what you're doing is you're connecting the benefit of your product or service with the prospective customer's needs, wants, and desires. And when there is a, uh, when there's a match for the two, and remember, they may not know they needed it first. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they do, and it's up to the salesperson to help them to see this in a way that is, um, uh, in a way that is kind, in a way that is tactful, uh, and in a way that the other person um, 
uh, feels good about it and wants this product or service. That's why asking questions are so important, and that's why having empathy is so important, and that's why being attentive is so important. All those things uh, help us to to bring out the the need, want, or desire in that person. But remember, and we know this, before something is, is invented, no one needs it. <laughs> right? They, they, we do, but we don't know it because we yeah. don't even know what's there. So, uh, uh, so if we have a product or service, they may not think, well, I, I don't need that. Well, they don't know that yet. Maybe they, and by the way, maybe they don't need it. And if they really don't need it or want it or desire it, we shouldn't sell it. But as the salesperson, our goal is to ask the correct questions with empathy, with caring, with tact to determine what the situation is. Yeah. Speaking of success principles, for those interested in pursuing business, what are the key drivers for business growth? Is it capital or processes or products? At Concordia University in Wisconsin, they believe that people are the main drivers. That's why they're now offering a 100% online master's degree in organizational leadership that can be completed in as little as one year. It's an alternative to an MBA that focuses on people and culture. And what's best, it's rooted in Christian ethics and biblical principles. Businesses need leaders who are able to inspire and motivate others to reach a new level of accomplishment. That's what Ziegler's all about as well. Concordia University of Wisconsin's online programs are specifically designed to help their students keep their life in balance. They offer unparalleled individualized support and an online learning experience that encourages lifelong connections with your peers. So visit online.cuw.edu slash Ziegler for more information. Okay, that's online.cuw.edu forward slash Ziegler for more information or call 1-855-976-4343 and use the offer code Ziegler and they'll waive a $50 application fee. Okay, so in your book, in the Go-Giver that's about to come out, new, new edition, in that I want people to hear this is not just for professional sales people. Give us some instances of other, uh, outside of a professional salesperson role that this is going to address and who this is going to help. Well, there are, well, first, there are a, a lot of churches, actually, who utilize this book as part of their study sessions. Uh, there are schools, uh, beginning, with a, beginning with a high school English teacher who soon after the book came out asked if he could make a curriculum to teach the book to his students. Yeah. And he taught it to his school's entire uh, senior class that first year and has done so every year since. And we have educators from grad school down to middle school doing the same thing. So we've got schools, we've got churches, we've got book clubs, um, you know, sales organizations, uh, and families uh, who make a study of the book. I, I just love when we get an email, uh, you know, from a parent who says this is assigned reading for their child, and then they discuss it. I mean, that there's just no greater greater thing to hear. Well, I need to take that. I've got a passel of kids back home that. Uh... I have taken through some of Zig's stuff and we need to do that. And yeah, I got to admit, okay, so for guys like me, for people like me who have read the book a, a while ago, tell us about what would you add into the expanded edition, Bob? Well, we have a, um, aside from a new intro, we have a question and answer uh, section uh, and we have a, a, stu a small study guide 
Mm-hmm. And so we go over some of the points in the book and ask the readers to kind of uh, give their thoughts on it and yeah. determine what was meant, you know, when Pindar said this or Joe asked this or the connector did this. And so we uh, – and one reason we did that is because of all the emails we get that, that people do use it in parts of a, a study uh, or uh, organization or situation. So uh, we felt that, uh, you know, would hopefully add some value to the book too. Well, yeah, I'm thinking of it. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. I was just going to ask, you know, because I love questions and, and uh, so what is the number one problem the book solves? You know, I think the number one problem, Tom, it, that it solves is people thinking they have to be something that they aren't. <laughs> uh, one of the great uh, bits of feedback we get is someone saying it was uh, first it would be from the people who are already very successful because those were our early adopters of the book it was the people who were the CEOs it was the people who had huge organizations it was the people who were already very successful saying this is what I what I've always done and I've tried to tell others this is what I've done but they didn't believe it and that's because of all the messages we get you know whether it's in, within our entire belief system, whether it's a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, popular culture, where we get all these horrible messages, right? About what it, watch any movie and watch the, the message about how the, there's always the, the, uh, the, 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 um, capitalist is always taking advantage of others and, you know, oh, they're making money by stepping on the toes of others or building it on the backs, which of course is, is malarkey. Now we have a world, a big world. So there are people that do certain things, not always good, but by and large, and especially to the degree that we operate in a free market economy, you can only make money by serving others because no one's forced to buy from you. So that right there logically says, but we get all these messages. So people think, oh, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be, you know, do well in the world, I've got to be that same, uh, you know, obnoxious type of uh, person who takes advantage of, and, and, and what it solves, I think, is it says to someone, not only is this the, the way you want the world to be, this is the way the world is. Because if you decide to do it that way, you're going to be successful, which, again, isn't to say there aren't bad people out there. There are. And to say otherwise would be naive and, and would be incorrect. Uh, but it says that you can live your life this way and be very, very successful. Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah. And you brought up something in there that, that brings me to something. Uh, it was a statement that you made where you cited that the amount of, or, or maybe you, you posed the question that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. And, and that word serve, you have probably said 20 times so far in this, it keeps coming out. So it's an intriguing statement that begs more clarification on multiple levels. I think Bob. Well, you know, we, we talk about the law of value as being the, the foundational principle. You know, we've always got to continue. To, we've got to make that experience for that other person so absolutely exceptional that when they trade their money or time or energy for this product or service, they feel great about it. And that's the law of value. And as we do that, we make a very healthy profit, which we should. Now, that's that represents your your potential income. But your actual income 
is represented by the number of people whose lives you touch with that exceptional value. Nicole mm. Martin, the CEO in the story, uh, taught this to Joe, the protege. You know, she said, sure, you know, you can serve one person and serve them very, very well. That's great. But that's not going to earn you a, a big income. You've got to find a way to impact the lives of many, many people with the exceptional value you provide. That's why I'm such an advocate of building a referral-based business. Mm-hmm. You know, it allows you to, to be able to touch more people's lives. Speaking of providing exceptional value, this episode is brought to you in part by lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A. It's the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. You can get a free 10-day trial at lynda, L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash Ziggler. Lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen like Ziggler fans. Maybe you want to learn Excel and negotiation tactics, build a website or boost your Photoshop skills. You can do that all at Lynda.com. They have courses such as Excel 2013 power shortcuts, going paperless start to finish. How about iPhone and iPad and Android phone and tablet security fundamentals? about income tax fundamentals or growth hacking fundamentals with a lynda.com membership. You can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule. Your lynda.com membership gives you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics all for one flat rate. So again, for a free 10 day trial, visit lynda.com slash Ziggler. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash Ziggler. Okay. So on that, it kind of begs the question to me as we've talked and I could have started with this, what it almost would have made sense, but with some of what you're sharing, I'm, I'm wondering in your own history, as you've talked about that and you shared some of your initial Ziggler story, how was the go-giver birthed? I mean, that's not a, it's not a, a normal title, you know, from a business book that you would uh, expect. And, you know, where did the core message come from? And I know we have a lot of authors and aspiring authors in the audience as well. And I'm putting you on the spot with this one, Bob, but you know, you choosing to write this in a parable format too is outside of the norm. And, of course, and one of the things that I think makes it stand out so much and did make it so incredibly engaging. And so I'm wondering that where did the core message, where did the impetus from that in your own journey come from to say, I'm an, I need to put this down. I want to impart this to others. One, and then the second part of the question, and why, why the parable format? Okay, sure, Th- those are great questions. Um, first, I was very, very, very blessed. Uh, I, you know, I have two amazing, wonderful parents, and I got to just grow up with a couple of go-givers. I mean, that wasn't the word that was used. That wasn't the term, you know, that, that wasn't the term that, that had been thought of or that I had thought of, but, but that's, you know, that's, that's who they were. That's who they are. So that, you know, and John David Mann also grew up that way too. Uh, and I know you guys can relate to that. And so, yeah. um, so it, as I got into sales, um, I remember, a conversation I had with a with a gentleman, uh, and this is, is was as I was really starting to you know kind of climb the sales ladder ladder. And I remember he said to me, and, and this is a person I call a drive by mentor because he just happened to say one quick thing, and I was open to listening to, and it made a huge difference. And this will eventually come back to the go giver, yeah. but uh, 
And I have a great friend, Dondi Scumachi, who speaks on leadership. And I, I think I learned the term drive-by mentor from her. Yeah, I love that term. Yeah. And this person said to me once, he said, you know, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in business, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as the target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. That reward will be money and you can do with that money whatever you'd like. But never forget, the money is not the target. It's simply the reward for hitting the target. The target is serving others. And, you know, that was something that I, I said, wow, you know, I just loved that, the, the frame that, that he gave me. Yeah. Now, as I was, uh, you know, I was uh, selling and I worked my way up the sales manager of a company. Eventually, I began speaking. And early in my sales career, I had a book out called Endless Referrals, uh, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales, right. uh, which has been a very, very nice seller. And, and you know, it's, it's still, uh, still in print. But uh, it was a how-to book, how-to uh, type of um, uh, message. It was not a story. But yeah. throughout the years, I'd always enjoyed reading business parables, um, starting, I think, with Ogmandino's Greatest Salesman in the World, James Classen's Richest Man in Babylon. Uh, in the early 80s, I think Doctors, John, uh, Doctors Blanchard and Johnson came out with the One Minute series. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's, you know, Who Moved My Cheese? And there's so many, there's tons of these great, great parables where you could pick it up, you could read a story in an hour, hour and a half, two hours, get a great message from it. And it, yeah, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the basic premise from Endless Referrals, which was uh, probably the saying I'm, I'm most known for, if I'm known for any saying, and that is, all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And, and really, how do you accomplish that? You shift your focus. You focus on bringing value to others. And I thought, what, a, what if we could have a, a parable? Uh, you know, but, and, and, and so I, you know, I thought of the name, the go-giver, the title, um, and started to write out some brief character sketches. But it, it was a very, very short period of time, like about a minute, before I realized that there was really no way I could do justice to this this story it, it, because I'm a how-to author and I can tell a story from stage when the story's actually happened and I'm relating it, but that's different from telling, even though there are certainly uh, uh, real-life stories that we put within the, the go-giver, it, it's still a different animal altogether. And so I, I contacted John David Mann, who at the time was editor-in-chief of a magazine I was writing for. And I, I knew of John as a brilliant writer, brilliant editor, people in that within that niche knew John was a great writer. Now everybody knows about him, but back, back then, not as much, but he was still very busy within that niche. Well, anyway, I asked John, and when I say asked, what I mean is pleaded with John <laughs> to please be the, the lead writer and storyteller to co-author this book with me. And fortunately for me, he said yes. And so we collaborated on this and uh, he, he's such a great guy. He's just such a brilliant guy, yet he's he's so humble and, and fantastic. So it was really a, an honor to get to, to write this with him. And that's really how it uh, started. So we, we kind of combined our experiences, uh, you know, and in, in he's a very successful entrepreneur. So, you know, it was uh, it was a matter of combining our experiences, putting it together and his great writing. You know, Bob, you, you mentioned a word in there off of your probably your most famous quote that ends with no like and trust. 
and that word is trust. And I mm-hmm. want all of our listeners to, in your mind, highlight this. Uh, in Dad's book, Secrets of Closing the Sale, all those years ago, he said there are five reasons that people don't buy. No need, no want, no hurry, no money, and no trust. And mm-hmm. the biggest of these is trust. trust. And then one of my friends and, and kind of a drive-by mentor for me, somebody who I respect and communicate with, is Seth Godin. And when I was interviewing Seth one time, I'd done some research, and I said, Seth, you talked about the scalability of trust. What does that mean? And then Bob, he said almost the same thing that your mentor said. He said, you know, I don't, I don't focus on profit or revenue. What I focus on is the scalability of trust. Wow. Every interaction, every conversation, every email, every letter, every offer, every speech, I ask myself, am I increasing trust right now? And then I put it all together, and if Dad said that the number one reason that people don't buy is lack of trust, Seth Godin's business model is overcoming the number one reason that people don't buy from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so... A true go-giver is about trust, and who can you trust more than somebody who's interested in your best interest? Exactly, exactly, and that's why authenticity is so important, and why it's that fourth law because it's it's got to be authentic. Uh, and and you know, and I think people generally know they they know when someone's being honest and authentic. They also know when someone's being a um, What's the? I think the, the correct Latin term is phonus balonus. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'll tell you gr- another great book on that was uh, the Speed of Trust by um, Stephen M. R. Covey, son of of Doctor Covey yeah. of Seven Habits. Fantastic book. Yeah, and I, I love what he says. He says trust is at the root and source of your influence. Trust is at the root and source of your influence. If you look at influence as the ability on a very basic level, as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually with, uh, typically within the context of a specific goal, okay, that, that's influence. Well, trust is the root and source of that influence. Without that trust, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, I I heard I heard a book title in there. One of you guys, one of us needs to write the scalability of trust. If that doesn't exist, by golly, it needs to, don't you think? <laughs> uh, well, so as I'm as I'm hearing this, uh, Bob, and as we we start to wrap up the show here, I'm thinking I've got a sales team right now that, in, in all truth, needs needs this book. We need to go through this. I want the expanded version. I want to talk through it. Uh, so literally, and, and based on that, what are some, now we told people that they can, uh, in regards to the new, uh, the new go-giver book coming out, go to Berg.com, B-U-R-G.com to get that. But are there some other primary ways to one, engage with you, engage with this message uh, or some products or services that you have in regards to, you know, n- newsletter. What can people get involved with who hear this and say, "Yeah, I, I need, I need to get in, get on board here." Well, when they cut, thank you for asking. When they come to Berg dot com, they can subscribe if they'd like to my influence and success insights. Okay. And from there, they'll um, they will receive uh, chapter one of the Go Giver, so that they can read it and see if they uh, read that and see if they like it first. Uh, chapter one of Go Givers sell more, and even of endless referrals and uh, 
adversaries and to allies. And uh, along with several very value-based special reports, uh, they can check out my blog and they can connect with me if they'd like on all the various social media and everything is right there on the homepage. Okay, beauty. Um, so last thing I'm going to ask you, and uh, I always like to see what are people like yourself who are leaders and influence, what are you reading and consuming lately? Just so, just the latest and greatest that's inspired you, though I do want to point out that you have given, if I had taken note, probably five or six different books. And so folks, you can, you know, if you didn't write those down, go back and, and you'll hear some of the, you know, cream of the crop that came out from your referrals of books out there. But is there anything else that's kind of a latest and greatest that you're jazzed about? Well, I'm, I, I'm typically reading about four or five books at a time. Uh, there's one I'm just finishing up now called uh, Humans Are Underrated, uh, What High Achievers Know That Brilliant Machines Never Will by Jeff Colvin. He's the wow. best-selling author of Talent is uh, Overrated. This is Humans Are Underrated. He's the uh, senior editor-at-large of uh, Fortune. And it's absolutely brilliant because one of the things it talks about is because technology and computers and such has advanced so steadily, so magnificently and continues to build on itself. I think it doubles every year or two years or something. Hmm. He said nowadays asking, you know, what what can't computers do uh, is almost a, a an unproductive question because they can pretty much do everything, okay? So the question now to ask is what is it that that whether computers can do it or not humans will only accept from other humans. Hmm. And what it comes down to in the case he makes through numerous case studies and a whole lot of logic within the book is it still it still comes back to that personal human connection. Uh, hmm. It's it's about, you know, empathy. Those who have a, a very highly developed sense of empathy, they're always going to be of value and, and, and have, a, have a, a place in, in the marketplace. Uh, it's people who can work within groups. It's people who can lead. It's all those skills. And it all goes back to the cave person days when it was a matter of survival. You had to know who was who and what was what, and you had to be able to connect and be able to press the. Now, we don't have that same issue today, of course, but it's still wired into our DNA. So there are certain things we only want to hear from someone who is another human being. And that person who develops those, gen, those, those people skills. And I always say the single greatest people skill, the single greatest people skill is a highly developed and authentic interest in the other person. And the person who has that will always find themselves to be valuable in the marketplace. All right, folks, I hope you hear the wisdom coming out here, hear the statement. And uh, this is one to rewind and listen to again, Bob, incredibly grateful for you giving us uh, your time. Folks go to Berg, B-U-R-G.com and get involved with this message. I hope you've heard that whether you're a sales professional or wherever you may be in your company, uh, in your vocation, in your job, this is a message that will take you to a next level and give your, your heart, your heart and others hearts immense joy and value. Uh, Guys, thank you. Incredibly honored to do this with you. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you on the next Ziggler Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Ziggler Show. Sign up for new show alerts at ZieglerShow.com. 
you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want.